0: On Thursday, the Prime Minister will announce another rise in the minimum wage. The minimum wage went up last year to $18.90. On Thursday, it will rise to $20 an hour. Benefits will also increase this Thursday. The PM says the changes represent real and long overdue changes. She says that the level that the previous benefit rates were set at were far too low for people to survive. which is not wrong. Wages have gone backwards. Benefits... I mean you can barely exist, far less thrive. But thirty years ago, I was earning twenty five dollars an hour maitre d'ing at a Wellington restaurant, and that combined with my tips and a few tally jobs was enough for me, and indeed for my daughter, and myself, to live. You know, without having our hand out to anybody. It wasn't a lavish lifestyle, but I was able to earn my keep. The fact that wages have gone backwards while the price of basics has risen exponentially, makes it really tough on low-income earners, and it's been tough for the past couple of decades. Without a doubt, this government is a Labour government through and through. At times, the Labour Party and Labour governments have been in danger of being run over because they've been so middle of the road, so desperate to please the middle ground. Not this one. This one is doing what Labour does best, and that is to spend up large. If you ever look through Labor's achievements on its web page, it's all about spending. The minimum wage is rising, or has risen and continues to rise. The extended paid parental leave from 18 to 26 weeks and an extra 20 bucks a week is the cherry on top. An extra $75 per week for 384,000 families through the Families Package. The expanded free lunches in schools, the extra $60 per week, and the best start payment for a child's first three years, and that's for 65,000 families. The introduction of a winter energy payment, then the doubling of the winter energy payment, free period products in schools, widening the working for families eligibility to include 26,000 more families, giving every state school a one-off capital injection of up to 400,000, increased benefits by $25 per week during COVID, with more to come. That's just a really small snapshot of what Labour has done, and many would argue what Labour should have done. This is why you vote in a Labour government, to spend money, to try and restore to some degree of utility run-down DHBs, run-down schools, you know, the lack of spending that hasn't been done during a national government. I mean, I can remember doing talk back at nights and I'd hear from elderly men and women in the South Island who were going to bed at six o'clock at night huddled under duvets because they simply couldn't afford to keep the heat on in their homes in winter. And I believe in ensuring kids have the best possible start to life and if that means putting lunches on at school because kids are unable to learn because they're so hungry great the minimum wage absolutely you know it's been too low it's been kept I think at an artificially low level because of the increased migration so I'm all for spending when you can afford I'm a great spender love a good spend up Love trying to make a, a fairer New Zealand like the one I grew up in, but who is paying for it? Especially in these post-COVID times. Some of the money will come through higher income tax rates on higher earners, and as one who will be affected by that, I'm okay with it. You know, if I'm banging on about how terrible it is that pensioners are going to be at six o'clock because they simply can't afford to turn the heater on, or I agonise over kids not achieving their potential because their parents can't or won't look after them, well then let the village, let the community step in and do so. So I have to be willing to pay for that. I don't agree with working for families because that's the taxpayer topping up low wages and surely that's where we need to see an adjustment in the market. But that means making more as a country and how do we do that? Back in February 2020, Alison Brook from Massey's Knowledge Exchange Hub wrote in a piece for interest.co.nz, that while many advanced countries have suffered from falling productivity growth since the global financial crisis, New Zealand's productivity performance has been lacklustre since the mid-1990s. We were well ahead of the curve, and not in a way you want to be, with falling productivity. According to the New Zealand Productivity Commission in a recent report, if productivity, and this is pre-COVID, those glorious golden days pre-COVID, if productivity stayed at the current level of growth, then real GDP will be 18% lower in 40 years' time. New Zealand's GDP per capita is 30% below the OECD average. 30% below the average. And similar to that of Mexico, Greece, Portugal, Israel and Japan. Again, this was pre-COVID, so all bets are off as we, along with the rest of the world, reset. But we have a real issue with our productivity, or lack thereof. And you can bet your bippy that COVID and the reaction to it won't have helped. You might be like the man who rang me last year and when I said, where is this money going to come from? And he was saying, well, they'll just have to give more money to people who lose their jobs through COVID and they'll just have to give more money to businesses and they, they, they. I said, where is this money coming from? He says, well, they'll just print it. And yeah, there is that. They are just printing it. they can't keep doing that unless we want to take our wheelbarrows of cash down to the local dairy for the loaf of bread. So sure, we absolutely need to invest in our DHBs and our schools and our kids and our families. There is a point to be made that, you know, throwing money around into an economy, keeping it moving around, keeps the economy moving, but it's not going to get an economy growing and it's not going to enable the children of today to enjoy a good future tomorrow if all they're doing is paying back the spending. So I am absolutely behind a lot of what the Labour government has done. When it, I mean, it trumpets what it's done on its, on its web page, it's done what a Labour government should do. But who is going to pay for it? If our productivity is in the dunny, and was before COVID, if we've lost tourism, which was one of our biggest export earners, if our manufacturing is lacklustre, if we're working longer than many um, OECD countries, but not producing nearly as much, what, are we looking at the poor old farmers again, and asking them to save the country with one hand tied behind their back and one leg, or both legs and one gumboot? You know, we're hobbling them at every turn. So what? I'd just really love to know. Where is the money coming from? The Scandinavian countries can do it because Norway quite happy about exporting natural gas. We've closed off oil and gas exploration licences. So it can't be through that. I'm all for making a better New Zealand but there's a price to pay, and how are we going to pay for it? Oh, 880.